let's go into a new series entitled Developing Vision. Developing Vision. I'm so excited about this in particular series. I feel the Holy Spirit on it in such a powerful way. In the last season we've been in, as you've gone through pandemics and you've gone through businesses closing, businesses opening, and then there's other, you know, second 2.0s of viruses coming out and all these different things. It's as if the world has been in a position of standing still waiting for permission to do anything. Like, are we allowed to engage in life? Is it, is it ready? Is it time? We're waiting for the news to kind of open up the world to, to us again. But I'm here to tell you today that the kingdom of God continues to grow every single day. That God's calling, God's vision, God is not off, caught off guard by the year that we have gone through or the last 18 months that we have gone through. God has positioned and placed you in this period of time and he knows what he's placed on the inside of you in this period of time. And it's time for us to lay hold of those visions and to start seeing those things come to pass in the middle of troubled times and troubled waters. Amen. Do you understand? That's how God works. God doesn't work, wait for the world to get better and then put his vision in it. God's vision is what transforms the dark world. Come on now. Amen. For such a time as this, it has come to us. And God has vision for his church. And I speak this over you right now, that when we say developing vision, God's vision for the church is not for a building. Come on, somebody. Buildings do not have vision. Buildings cannot carry vision. God's people carry vision. God's people receive God vision. Amen. Man, I'm stirring this thing up on the side of me right now. Listen to me right now. Because I also believe there's an onslaught against us in this generation for other people to, to so live their life out loud that you are so insecure about vision because you keep trying to find your vision by looking at everybody else's vision. Your vision doesn't come from someone else's life. Your vision comes from your creator. He designed you. He planned for you to be here for such a time as this. He was the father of your spirit. Before you were born, he created you. He formed you in your mother's womb. He knows what's on the inside of you. He knows why you are here, why you exist. Your vision comes from God, not from being jealous of somebody else's life. Are you hearing me right now? And so people wander around, should I be about this? Should I be about this? You are about your father's business. And your father knows why you were formed. Your father knows why you were created. And so this series, this month, I believe is unlocking and unpacking and sending an anointing upon this house to rebirth and recreate vision in each and every single one of you. And you might sit there and say, well, Pastor Kevin, that's a, that's a message for a young person. Do you understand in the spirit, you don't, you're not old? Do you get that? You don't have an expiration date on your spirit, right? God knows your age. God knows your, what you're capable of. And all I'm saying to this this month is this. Just open up your heart to the vision of God for your life right now, whatever season of life you are in. I was at a general council, which, by the way, we have general council starting this week for the assemblies. But I was at a general council about four, four or six years ago or something, and there was a lady in her 90s that God gave her a vision to go start a retreat center in Israel. She flew over there in her 90s, bought property, built property, and it's now a functioning ministry center in the land of Israel. She received that vision in her 90s, my friend. So when God speaks to you, don't talk to him about how old you are. Come on. He knows. 
Come on. You're not shocking him. He's not like, oh, wow, I didn't think about that. Let's tone it down then. I'm sorry, I had way too much faith in what I could do through you. Sorry. Proverbs 29, 18. Are you ready? Sorry, I just had to get started. Now it's time to preach. Ready? Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. This concept of vision, you know, you get what you preach. Faith comes by the word of God. And so while you hear vision this month, I believe faith will be imparted into you to receive godly vision. So though even the beginning of this month, you might not know the vision yet, as you sit underneath the word over the next 30 days, just trust that God's vision will emerge from your spirit. So don't put all this weird pressure on yourself at the end of a message, like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Right now, you're supposed to hear the word on vision. Without, where there is no vision, the people perish. Why is that? A couple reasons. You can write these things down. Number one, the Bible says people throw off restraint when there's no vision. There's no, there's no guardrails, there's no boundaries. Vision gives you purpose to get up out of the bed in the morning. Vision helps you to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Amen? Vision helps keep us in the plan of God for our life and you're not chasing everyone else's vision because you know what God has called you to do. And you can be about the business God has set you on. So where there is no vision, people perish. Some of the reasons people perish is because vision keeps you from sin. Amen? You say, I'm working on something with God, and why would I go choose that lower lifestyle? Why would I go be tempted to do something else? I've got something too big, and I'm too busy doing what my hand is sent to do than to get messed up and all that stuff. See, sometimes the reason people get off into sin and get off into distraction is because they let themselves get into boredom. They let themselves just sit back. Remember when David didn't go out to fight? If you remember the story of King David, the Bible says when kings go out to war, and David, who was a warrior king, that year didn't go out to war. He sat home, and in his boredom, not doing what God had called him to do, he found himself committing adultery with Bathsheba. Do you understand that? But when you're about your father's business and when you're working on something with God, it keeps you holy, it keeps you fresh, keeps you focused, keeps you praying, keeps you seeking God's face because it's bigger than you. Amen. But without that vision, we begin to perish. Another reason people perish, I believe, is this. Because godly vision is linked to solutions that need to come to this planet. And if you don't fulfill the vision God puts upon your life, there are real people that are going to suffer. See, sometimes we don't put that kind of responsibility on us. It's like, well, God's telling me to start this or to write that book or to, you know, kind of begin this class or to step out and do this. And we're like, well, maybe I will. I'll put it off a little bit. But do you understand that if God is giving you the vision, his visions are not to make you feel good about yourself. His visions are to solve problems in this earth. His visions are linked to people, real people, real families who need those visions to come to pass. And so people perish because the vision isn't being implemented. Amen. Step one, this is what we're going to talk about today. Step one in the area of vision, talking about vision, developing vision. Step one is to take the picture. We use the word developing on purpose because it has the language of process in it. See, God shows you something 
He's talking to you about a ministry. He's talking to you about a, a, a business to start. He's talking to you about a book to write. He's talking to you about a, a neighbor to go become friends with and reach out to. He's talking to you about a prayer ministry to be a part of, whatever. He's showing you something. He's showing you a vision. And then you take the picture. And then it takes time for that picture to be brought to clarity and developed. Amen? And sometimes that's where people get messed up. They get messed up from they saw God say something, they saw it in a dream, they saw the vision, and yet there's a time frame between when you saw it and when it's fully developed. And in the old days, it used to go through what's called a dark room before it came to development. But yet in the dark rooms is where clarity was brought to it. Are you understanding this? That'll be next week, so come back. Step one, before God can begin to develop the vision, you need to take the vision. You need to take it. Take it and make it yours. You need to say yes. Are you hearing me? God is showing you something, and you need to say yes. When he came to Mary, the Virgin Mary, she still had to take the vision and say, be it done unto me according to your word. God speaks to you about starting something, doing something, going somewhere, becoming a part of something, creating something. You still have to take it as yours, as your call, as the dream that God has put in your heart, as the vision that God has given you. There's a moment where you say yes to that picture that God wants you to take. Did you see that? Say amen even if you didn't see it. Awesome. See, we all are in agreement. It's a part of a process. Habakkuk, in the Old Testament, you can write this down. We'll have some of these on the screen. The book of Habakkuk. Some of you didn't even know there was a book of Habakkuk. Not how to cook, Habakkuk. You're like, oh, there's a cooking book in the Bible. That's great. Bam! No, listen. Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2 through 3. And I'm going to go back to the King James Version for this because I like the way it reads. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. See, that's taking it, right? God's showing the prophet something, and the prophet begins to write the vision. Make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. See, there's that idea of time again. There's that idea of process again. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry or delay or whatever you might think, wait for it because it will surely come to pass. It will not tarry. So there, we see in here the idea of process. We see the idea of there will be time that you're waiting on a vision, and just because it's waiting doesn't mean God didn't say it, but yet that's what the devil's going to try to do. He's going to try to challenge you. Did God really say? He's going to try to discourage you while you're waiting, but the Bible says you take that vision, you write it down. Why do you write it down? So you can read it while you're waiting. And you can remember what God told you. Don't doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. Amen. Are you hearing me? Do not doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. That's why we write it down. That's why you write these notes in front of you, because you don't remember what God said in the moment. But we can write it down. We can go back and say, I remember God spoke to me something a couple weeks ago. What was that? Because it was worth writing down. You took it. 
You took it. You possessed it. You said, that's mine. I receive it, and I value it enough to write it down. Do not think that you'll just remember it because you just saw it or you just heard it. Even if God gives you a dream, like a prophetic dream, get up and write down the details because you'll forget the details. God gives you a prophetic word. Write it down. Record it. Listen to it again. God has given you the picture, and by you writing it down, you begin to take it. This is good stuff. Amen. And so one of the things I want to encourage you over this month is on your Calvary app. <laughs> it's funny that we can bring the Calvary app into a sermon, right? We can just wheedle that thing into anything. We love our Calvary app. There is a share your story button on the Calvary app. We would love for you over the next month as God begins to give you vision and clarity to share that with us on your Calvary app. That'll be a way for you to see it. And it'll be a way for us to see what is God stirring in the hearts of our people. Amen? Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. The Apostle Paul says this, Not that I've already obtained it all, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on and I take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I speak this over you, Calvary. It's time for you, my friend, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of you for. Do you see, once again, there's this idea of taking the picture, taking the vision, taking the calling, saying yes to the calling on your life, saying yes to what God is showing you. Be it done unto me according to your word. I say yes. I write it down. I come into agreement with what God is showing me. Amen. Not that I've already attained, but I take hold. Paul had to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus. Do you know when Christ Jesus laid hold of you, it was more than just you going to heaven. Listen. And it's not just for preachers. You understand? You're all preachers. We're all ministers of the gospel. Amen. When God called you and laid hold of you, it was more than just rescuing you from hell. He laid hold of you for a purpose. Don't you love that? Yes. He had something for you to do in this life. Lay hold of that. That's your job. Take the picture. Take the photo. Write it down. Possess it. Lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of you for. And I heard this in worship today while we were worshiping. That Some of you in this room... When I talk about vision, you immediately disqualify yourself saying, but my life is way too messed up. I'm, I, I am not worthy of a godly vision. That's for someone else who has a better life than me. That's for someone else who has a better story than me. And what I love is he reminded me of this verse that it was coming. I was so excited to share this verse with you because I knew it was coming. And when Paul said this, remember who Paul was. Paul said, you have to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of you for God had laid hold of Paul, not just so Paul could go to heaven, but so that Paul could be the preacher of grace. So Paul could write the majority of the New Testament. Are you hearing me? Which means Christ Jesus already had a plan and a vision for Paul while he was still a sinner. While he was still trying to stomp out the church. While he was still persecuting the church. The plan, the vision predated Paul's conversion. Come on, somebody. The vision predated Paul's conversion. 
And so when he was saved, he was not just saved to go to heaven, he was saved into a vision, a purpose, a reason, a plan, a solution to something in this world. Paul had to come to Christ. He needed to come to Christ because God had something for him to do. And so when you say, well, I'm not worthy of a vision, my friend, God has a vision before you before you ever got saved. You didn't earn that vision. He designed it for you. And just say yes. Trust him. Amen? Whew. Calvary Church, Calvary. I just pray over the next 30 days that God reawaken godly vision over this house. When I was praying over this house this week, I just felt like the Lord spoke something in my spirit, and it was one of the reasons that this facility exists is because it stretches people's thinking. It's a tool. That's it. It's a tool. This building is not the church. I'll, we're going to get that. This building is not the church, but it is a tool. And it is a tool that when you walk in here, people had vision that was bigger than them. And God brought that vision to pass. Do you see that? We have people who fly in. I've, I have a, a pastoral team coming in, uh, visiting from Illinois in January or December? January? I need to look it up. Anyways, they're coming. And they're like, we just want our team to walk your campus because we're planting a church in Chicago and we want that kind of vision in our hearts. Do you see what I'm saying? God didn't bring you here accidentally. And you're not just sitting in this big building accidentally or this campus. It's also something that God wants to, to bring a new generation. That's what I heard, a new generation of visionaries because there's things that need to happen. Not more buildings that need to be built. That's not what God's saying. But the type of vision, the type of bigger than we can do on our own, something that's bigger than just one person. Are you seeing what I'm saying? God's awakening another generation of visionaries. Because building this building wasn't the end of God's vision for the church, which is Calvary. It's a tool to continue the future of the ministry of the kingdom of God through Calvary. Man, that was good. Yes, it was. I know. So let's talk about vision a little bit more. What kind of vision are we talking about as believers? I just want you to break down what vision is, okay? Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9 through 10, from the Amplified Classic Version. For I am God, and there is no one else. I am God, and there is none like me declaring the end and the result from the beginning. From ancient times, the things which are not yet done, saying that my counsel shall stand, I will do all my pleasure and my purposes. So when we talk about vision and we say that the vision that we're all focusing in on this month, this is not about you having just vision for your life. This is about you getting a godly vision to work through your life. So how does this work? God speaks the end from the beginning, which means God looks down the timeline and he has a plan and he has a purpose for a thing, and then he comes down the timeline and he speaks it to one of his children. Are you understanding that? In God's mind, this is already done. This is already sure. If you'll say yes, 
and go through the dark room, go through the process of development. Don't quit halfway. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. The vision will come to pass. It will not delay, though it tarry, wait for it. Because God's not speaking to you what he hopes, he's speaking to you what he sees. But then we still have to say yes and walk the path because you have free will. Are you understanding this? So God speaks the end of a thing from the beginning. He shows you the picture. He shows you what to take hold of. That's what he's asking you to do today. He shows us what he sees. Solutions, write this down. Solutions, possibilities, preferred futures. God sees something no one else sees yet in a person or in a city or in a season or in a church. You can go down the line. What I'm trying to say is this. God sees something no one else sees yet. But he sees it. Don't you love that? He sees it. Believers are anointed to see those things through the Spirit of God, and we call them vision or we call them God dreams in our heart. Does that make sense? You're anointed to do this. Open up your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 2. Can we go to Acts chapter 2 just for a second? Like literally open your Bible if you have a Bible with you. We like to practice opening a real Bible, amen, and not just having it on the screen. Acts chapter 2 Verse 17. Have you found it? Acts chapter 2, verse 17. My friend, God is not done with you. I don't know what lies we start to believe, but if you're still breathing, there's still vision, there's still ministry and mission for you. Amen. The truth is, even when we go to heaven, there's still ministry there too, but we'll get there later, okay? Acts chapter 2, verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those last days, I will pour out of my spirit, even on my, my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. What I want you to see in this is it really spoke to me one time when God said, Kevin, look, because that's my name, Kevin. See, he said, Kevin, look. You're anointed to see visions and dreams that come from my Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, one of the powers, because the, the baptism is an empowering of the Spirit, right? It's not just tongues, although we love and we believe God for languages that we do not learn. Come on. We're, we're glad that God has given us that ability. Praise God. We're not ashamed of that. We're going to educate and teach people into it. Amen. Show them the value of it. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not limited just to speaking in languages you do not learn. It is the empowering of the Holy Spirit upon you. And one of the empowerments the Spirit gives you is the ability to see what the Spirit sees, which is dreams and visions. Are you hearing that? To see what the Spirit sees, the ability to dream, the ability to have a vision. And I love that it's something spiritual because it puts it in another class. Because you could just say, well, human beings have dreams and visions, but this is saying that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to really dream. You're going to really have visions. And these dreams and these visions will have eternal impact and implications and purposes. 
because only things that are done through Jesus Christ are true fruit. Amen? Jesus said, if you do anything apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, people have all, that's John chapter 15. You can write it down. I don't have time to go there. John chapter 15, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I am the vine, you are the branch. And there's a lot of people in this world that have dreams and visions apart from him, which means those dreams and visions are not eternal. Those dreams and visions come to nothing in the end because they didn't come from the vine. Are you understanding this? Now, I am not limiting the dream and the vision into you being a church planter or being a pastor. Some of the dreams and visions that God's even birthed out of this house are businesses. And those businesses employ people. And it puts people to work. And it solves some problem in the community or solves some problem in the earth or is a solution to something. Are you understanding? And then they become godly companies that do things with their power for the kingdom of God. But it's possible for people to have dreams and vision apart from him, but apart from him, those dreams and visions become nothing. Because only dreams and visions that come from the vine remain. But you are anointed through the Spirit, and those spirit visions and those spirit dreams that come to your heart, those are the ones that I said, if they don't happen, people suffer. People perish. If they don't happen, Solutions from heaven. See, because God uses you, his body, to bring his thoughts, what he sees, into the earth through your obedience, through your yes. Are you understanding this? We are partners with the Lord. You are anointed to see things. What I love about that as well, this is so exciting. What I love about that as well is when other people can't find solution, when other people can't find vision, you're anointed of God. See, because you can get in a season like we've just been in where nobody seems to have vision. Everyone's just hunkering down to survive. And yet God can put a vision in you that rises above the noise, that rises above all the problems. Because you can be in a culture, you can be in an area where all people see is the problems. No one can see solution. But yet the Spirit of God is always above. Amen? It's always above. And he can show you what he sees from his perspective. And he gives you dream. He gives you vision. He gives it to you now in the middle of the mess. That's where the faith comes in. It doesn't take any faith for God to give you a vision now and it look easy in the natural for it to come to pass. But God giving you the vision in the middle of a famine, God giving you the vision in the middle of a dark place, it takes faith. And God says, that's all I need. You're anointed to have vision. You're anointed to have dreams. Amen? It's almost as if when I was a little boy, I used to love it when my dad would put me on his shoulders when we would go to like a theme park or something and it was super crowded. And as a little kid, your view is not very pleasant in a large crowd. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Your point of view is not enjoyable. But what happens? Your dad picks you up and he puts you on his shoulders. And all of a sudden you see above the crowd. You see above the clutter. You see above the noise. And you see far out. 
further out than anyone else was seeing on this level. That's vision. That's God vision. God's picking you up and putting you on his shoulders so you can look above and past the current news cycle. You can look above and past whatever current drama or junk that's going on in your workplace or your family or in your community. Because if we don't get up there, we're getting all of our vision and all of our thoughts from this level. But his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. Amen. So he puts us up where he is. Isn't that awesome? Are you getting anything out of this so far? I'm loving this. How does God vision, God dream, come, God dreams come to us? We'll just write down a couple practical things real quick. Just write these down really quickly. Number one, it's not a surprise, through dreams and visions. Like we're a spiritual people, right? And if anyone's going to tell you that God can give you a dream while you sleep, it's going to be Maria and I. Because it was a dream when I slept that put us on a journey that brought us here. A real dream. So this is what I'm saying. Pay attention when you go to sleep at night. You can go through the Bible again and again and again, and you'll see how many times God spoke to people while they slept. And when they woke up, let me show you something. God spoke to this, this to me before I had my dream. In the same year I had my dream, but before I had my dream, he showed me something about God dreams. When God gives you a dream while you sleep, when you wake up, he said this. He said, the dreams I give require immediate and decisive action. Let me say it like this. It's not necessarily a God dream when you wake up and said, I dreamed of a bird, a rainbow, a dove, and a river. What does it mean? Let me say it like this. When you go through the scriptures and you see people having dreams, God people having dreams, there's decisive, clear action. Does that make sense? It's like God was saying, move here. Don't go there. Go, go another route. Go another way. And if the dream was unclear and it was symbolic, then he had a prophet come in very clearly to give them immediate, decisive decisions and actions. He didn't leave you hanging in an eagle, a river, a leaf, a cloud, a rainbow. Yes, Lord. You know what I'm saying? God uses dreams, so pay attention. God can give you a vision when you're awake. He can show you something where it's almost like you're there and all of a sudden you're not there. And God begins to give you a burden or speak something to you that must be done, needs to be done, begins to talk to you about something. So God gives you dreams. God does use dreams. God does use vision. God uses his word. Let's never discount the word of God. Sometimes you'll read something in scripture that someone else did and it's as if God puts a fire in you to say that needs to happen in your situation. So God will use his word to bring vision to pass in your life. Sometimes God will back you into a corner where it's like you didn't necessarily want to do this thing, but it seems like these doors are closing and all of a sudden you find yourself serving or volunteering in something because it was the only opportunity and all of a sudden you find out that that's exactly where you needed to be and you wanted to be there. We always talk about open doors being like God giving you opportunity, but sometimes God uses closed doors to maneuver you into the calling and destiny of your life. That's why we don't get caught up in closed doors and what people do or don't do because he's the one leading your life. And any door he wants open, he's going to get it open. Amen? And if a door closes that he doesn't want open, 
no amount of worrying about it or being angry about it is going to open it. Amen? Because you've yielded your life to God. And sometimes, let me say it like this. Let me just scripture for you. I was gone for a week, so I got so much preaching me, my friends. I just got to, my brain's all over the place with the Bible, so I'm bouncing all over this thing. But listen, you know, God dried up a creek that was watering the prophet, right? God was bringing, was it Elijah? 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 Uh, or Elisha? Elijah. Jay. Yeah, Elijah. God dried up a creek. He was happy where he was. He was getting fed, he was getting watered, and God dried up a creek to maneuver him to where he needed to be next. So, sometimes God backs you into a corner. You understand what I'm saying? Certain times you're like, why didn't that job come through? Why didn't that job come through? Why is this the only job that came through? Because this is where you need to be right now that will link you and catapult you to the real place you need to be. If that job would have come through, you wouldn't have been in the right place. You see what I'm saying? So when I say God backs you into the corner, it's because your life is being led by God and there's things he knows that you don't know, but he's positioning you because he's laid hold of you for something and he's not gonna let you miss it, amen? There's an inner stirring. That would be the other one I'd like to say today. And there's many more, but I just, these are the ones I was prompted to bring out. Dreams and visions, God's word. Sometimes he backs us into a corner. Finally, an inner stirring. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. I want you to see something in this. An inner stirring, which I really believe this is where we are so much here in Orlando. Is Acts chapter 17 kind of a moment. Acts chapter 17 You can read the whole story in verses 16 through 32, but I'll start in 16. An inner stirring. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols that he saw everywhere in the city. So now he began to act. He began to do something about it. He went to the synagogues to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles. He spoke daily in public squares to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicureans and Stoic philosophers, and he told them about Jesus and his resurrection. And they said, what is this babbler trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up? Others said he seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. And then they begin, anyways, all this stuff had been to happen, and he began to get set up into large council meetings, and, and the whole city began to listen and to hear what was going on and all this stuff. But here's what I want you to see about that. Holy Spirit-filled person, Those watching on the internet right now, hey, you, Holy Spirit-filled person, listen. You're going to be walking around this city, and you're going to see something. Or you're going to be walking around your job. Or you're going to be walking around somewhere. You're going to see something on TV, and something in here is going to start scratching. It's going to start scratching your spirit. You see what I'm saying? It began to irritate, irritate something inside of him. But it was a God irritation. It was a God scratch. It was like... Something's got to be done about this. Pay attention to that. It's a need that you're going to see. It's a, it's a problem that needs to be fixed, and God is speaking to you about it. Listen! All of a sudden, you start seeing homeless everywhere, and something in you just like, oh, man, listen to that. That's part of how God develops vision. It's part of how God begins to order your steps. Or maybe you see a certain need in the business realm or of educating young people or, or how, how curriculums need to be developed to help, to help different communities learn and be educated and so that we can help all 
people groups rise and God begins to give you an irritation about it, but then it's not gonna stay in the irritation, it's gonna turn into some decisive action. It's gonna turn into some solution, some plan, some vision, but it kind of begins with this unrest on the inside that keeps growing and growing and growing. Are you understanding this? I'm not talking about a passing interest where you just drive by someone and you're like, oh, that's something. If this is of God, whatever it is, it's gonna grow on the inside of you. You're not gonna go to sleep and forget about it. You see what I'm saying? So I'm trying to help you with. I'm talking, these are how, this is how God works with us. It's gonna get louder and louder. You're gonna start seeing it on television. You're gonna start seeing it in the city. You're gonna start hearing it confirmed over and over and over again. And it's gonna grow and it's gonna grow. And that's you needing to hear what God is moving your life into to be a part of that solution. I believe that believers are solutions to problems in this world. That's inside believers that God sends his solutions to problems in this world. People say, God brings solutions to problems. So God sows those solutions called visions and dreams into his people that then receive them, take the picture, write it down, lay hold of it, and then they begin to manifest those solutions. Stop being so mysterious about God bringing solutions into the earth. The solutions aren't just going to come from heaven into the earth. It's going to go from heaven into his body into the earth. Are you seeing this? Amen. How will I recognize vision when it comes? Because visions have a sound to them. Write this down. Visions have a sound to them. Acts 10.38. You will... And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God visions sound like this. Doing good, healing those oppressed of the devil. Amen. Even if God blesses you with fame, somewhere that fame was given to you to do good, and heal those oppressed of the devil. Fame was not the end result. Fame was not the purpose of which God gave it to you. He gave you a platform so you could do good and heal those oppressed of the devil. Because God vision has a sound. God vision is the same, it comes out different. You may build a business, a multi-billion dollar business but somewhere there's a dot connected of how that business is doing good in healing those oppressed of the devil. You see what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. First John chapter three, verse eight, the reason the Son of God was manifest, made visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, dissolve the works the devil has done. Godly vision will do that through you. You might do it through singing. You might do it through playing football. You might do it through playing basketball. You might do it through building businesses or being a teacher or a lawyer. You might do it through planting churches. But however God blesses you or favors you or gives you a dream, inside of that dream is to do good, heal those oppressed of the devil, to destroy what the devil has done in this earth, to use your fame, to use your fortune, to use your platform, to bring God's kingdom into the earth. Somebody say amen. amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand as we close in a word of prayer. Did you get anything out of that today? Amen. So we're going to begin to pray over vision in your life.
that God over this month, and remember what I said, if you don't have clarity on it right now, please do not panic. It will come from God and you'll know. Why? Why do I know that to be sure? Because the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. You're going to know. So don't worry. God's just getting you in the atmosphere of vision. You know, sometimes vision, we get out of practice. And we need to get that vision muscle going again. And I also felt this in my notes. I wrote it in my notes and I'll speak it over you. Listen. Remember that there's a body of Christ and the weight of the world doesn't rest on your shoulders. You can't do everyone else's vision. And sometimes we get overwhelmed at the amount of need we see in the world. That's why I'm telling you, you wait for God. He will speak to you. He will begin to put that Holy Spirit scratch in you. He'll give you a dream. He'll speak to you with a vision. He'll bring some confirmation. He'll make it clear. Because you, you can't do everybody's vision and accomplish your own as well. There has to be some understanding that this is what I'm called to do, this piece of the kingdom. And God's body, Jesus' body, God's going to wake up a lot of people in this house. And as everybody awakes, awakens, then we'll see those things come to pass. Does that make sense? So don't let yourself be overwhelmed by just the need. You ask the Lord, what am I to do? But then you take it, write it down, make it plain. Go to your Calvary app, share your story, share that vision, write it down, make it plain, and God will begin to map out the path and what to do next. I want to pray this over us, and I'm going to ask you, to open your hearts to receive Jesus if you need to. Heavenly Father, right now in Jesus' name, we come before you, we thank you. We thank you that the body of Christ is on this planet for a purpose and that God, you have laid hold of each and every one of us for salvation, for eternity, but we also believe you've laid hold of us because there's a purpose, there's a plan, there's a part of the kingdom that we have to play. God, I ask over the next 30 days that you begin to awaken vision again. God, awaken the dreamer again. Awaken the solution finder again. Some of us have been trained to be problem finders. Awaken the solution finder on the inside of us again. God, we choose to say yes. Let it be done unto us according to your word. Lord, we thank you that you partner with us and through us with a life of purpose. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Awaken vision in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. You can celebrate that. Go ahead. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.